So we are in that fifth chapter uh, of, of the letter uh, that Paul wrote. And last, last week we went through the first 11, uh, discussed the, the day of uh, our Lord's return, how he'd come like a thief in the night. Uh, his return will be a surprise for many. Uh, it will result in horrible, inescapable agony and eternity for most. Uh, from what we are told, but it'll be a day of glory and excitement for those who are prepared for His coming. And and so as Christians, we should be comforted with the knowledge uh, that our Lord will return. We, we uh, uh, may remember, some of us in here, in, in our age group, uh, that there was a fellow by the name of Paul Harvey on the radio uh, he was a radio uh, personality. And and do you know what he was known for? And and what that that chapter 4 tells us in other places as well that he you know he ends that story with and now you know the rest of the story. And that's what Paul is telling us over here in, in that fourth chapter. Now you know the rest of the story. Uh, a great day is coming, and uh, uh, I saw a little joke that I thought I might throw in here. Uh, it's about a pathetic football team. We're in football season, and the, this particular team was not very good. Uh, the team in this game had fumbled the ball 10 times. Uh, their receivers had dropped the ball 12 times, and, and uh, there was a substitute that wanted to get in that game, and he was walking back and forth, pacing the sidelines, and uh, he decided he wasn't getting, hadn't, the game was going, and he hadn't yet been put in the game, so he decided he was going to go sit. So he went to the, to the edge of the benches and went to sit down, and he missed the bench and fell, fell over and fell on the ground. And so the coach happened to see that, and he made... The decision then, I think you are now ready to go in. So, so what Paul is telling us is to be ready. And, uh, and, and that, that is our question that we have for ourselves. Are we ready? Now, whether we are, as we mentioned last week, whether we are dead or alive when he returns, that's not what is important. It's whether we are ready when he returns. That's what's important. Uh, there is that great day coming. And so we, let's wake up every morning and do what we can do for our Lord, and then we can look forward to His coming. Now, verses 1 through 11, again, it emphasizes that the most important thing Christians, you and I, can do is to be busy going about our work for the Lord and to be prepared for His coming. We're to share the good news uh, with others and help others get to heaven. Now, in verse 11, it says, As sons of light and sons of the day, we have a duty to comfort and edify, build up uh, uh, one another. Uh, this duty applies to all members of the church. Uh, every member has a part to play in that endeavor. And when we're all working, the body grows because of the love we have for each other. Now, in verses 12 through 22, and let's go ahead and read that together, it, uh, we learn, it says, in, beginning with verse 12, 
And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn those who are unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. You could have a great series of lessons on Christian, uh, Christian living, and, and just from these few verses right here, you can spend a lot of time and a lot of good lessons on that. Uh, you, could, you could call these, chap, these verses uh, practical teaching for a Christian life. And who wants a great quality of life? We all do, don't we? Uh, uh, you know, we may not have much money. We may not have a big house. We may not have that good-sized yard that we'd like to have. We may not have good health. Uh, we may not have a great job. But a Christian, despite all that, can still have a wonderful, exciting, upbeat, and joyful life. And we know that our next stop is heaven when we leave this ball. Uh, it's just around the corner. So in verses 12 through 13... We're told we are to esteem, respect, honor our leaders. You know, the word elder is not used in these particular verses, but it's pretty certain that he, Paul here is referring to the elders because they are the only ones in Scripture that we read about that are given authority over us in the Lord, uh, Acts twenty twenty eight, for example. Any men or any congregation with men serving as elders should respect their God-given uh, duties. We are to know them. We are to recognize them. And it's more than just get acquainted, but to have affection and respect for them, to pay attention to them, to appreciate them. And, and why is that? For their work's sake. Uh, for the important work they do. Uh, we, you know, we're to love all the brethren. First Peter uh, 2.17 says, Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. How much more for those who spend their time and their energy in serving us. Uh, what is their work? Now, what, we're, what is revealed to us here, that the elders have at least these three, three uh, duties, labor, uh, rule, and admonish. In Hebrews, the 13th chapter, verse 17, it says they watch out for our souls. Uh, God ordained this office. We are to be obedient. 
Hebrews, again, 13, 17. And, and, you know, that may not be real easy, particularly in today's society. Uh, And it's probably not easy for new converts sometimes. For example, the ones in Thessalonica to recognize the leadership of others. They were new to the church. Uh, But it, it can be difficult at times, especially if you're not used to that, is to accept the will or the authority or and the authority of another person. Elders are essential and necessary for the growth of the church or the local congregation. They labor among us with their time, their money. They worry about us, their prayers for us, the direction that we're going, the purity of the church, uh, discipline, teaching, admonishing, and they feed us spiritually. They watch over us. They provide examples for us. Uh, that, that's a heavy burden. Uh, they watch for our souls. And one of the things that we're told also, they must give an account to God himself for our souls. Uh, so you and I can make their load lighter by doing some things. Uh, we can do that by doing what we can to make their work a joy. Uh, we can also contribute to peace in the church through obedience and submission and love to the elders. Uh, you, you know, we are to be at peace at verse 13. Uh, you know, we are not perfect, as we all know. And a lot of things can cause tension in the church. Hurt feelings, uh, misunderstandings sometimes. Egos sometimes. Uh, we don't, in, in, in the, this letter, we don't have any indication in the scripture that there was trouble in the uh, Thessalonian congregation, but we do know that there was uh, some in that congregation that were not working to support themselves because they were expecting the Lord to come at any time. And so they decided they wouldn't work. Uh, that for those who were working in the congregation, it's possible maybe that caused some tension within the within the congreg- the, the church there. Uh, but we we don't have any indication that that happened. But he did bring it up. Now, peace among Christians, like unity, is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Uh, you know, you put two or three s- sticks together, and those break. You can break those sometimes fairly easily. Uh, when you have a bundle of sticks, it's not so easy to break. Uh, it's much stronger. And, and you know, the theory is easy, uh, but the practice is not so easy. What, you know, what is the effect uh, upon non-Christians when they see Christians at war with each other? Uh, they're not getting along. What is that, a, what kind of, consequence result out of that. Say that again. Exactly. What she said, 
uh, the way if you see uh, uh, Christians doing that, then the outside would say, you know, they're no better than us. They're doing the same thing we do. It certainly doesn't, uh, is not conducive to someone really wanting to get to know the church, does it? When they see other Christians at, at war with each other. Uh, uh, you know, you've heard it said, they're always, you know, those people are always fighting among themselves. Uh, and, and we're very fortunate that we don't have that here. Uh, you know, God ha hates some things, and one of them is division within the church. Uh, there's, uh, uh, and, and, and so we want to be very, very careful uh, that, that we not fall into that category. Now, as we wait for the Lord to return, uh, we are blessed. We're not having to wait uh, alone. The church is here to to uh, comfort and build us up, uh, not to tear us down and discourage us. Uh, now, in verses 14 and 15, our Christian duties, uh, we have Christian duties to those in need. Uh, now, w we are to what? warn the unruly. Uh, that's a Christian uh, that is uh, does not tolerate, or I should say, does not accept the teaching of the apostles, the teaching of the scriptures. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where's the what? Well, you know, I should have said something about that. <laughs> we are in the fifth chapter of First Thessalonians. Okay. Yes. I brought some. I thought we were yeah, if you need an outline, we're in lesson uh, five, I think. You know, we're, we uh, so we are to to warn the unruly, uh, and that's one who does not accept the teachings of the apostles, the scriptures. Uh, they're not on the same road with Christ. Uh, you and I want to be on the same road with Christ. The, uh, you know, it, it, it seems to me, anyway, uh, people don't enjoy being told they're wrong uh, or warned about something he or she is doing. Uh, many people just become stubborn at times, and Christians, you and I, should appreciate warnings that are given uh, by sincere people uh, from God's and using God's words. Uh, and and the uh, unruly Christians who ignore the warnings are to be marked and fellowship withdrawn. Very very serious matter. Uh, but the objective is to keep, number one, the church pure, but also, what's the other purpose? 
what are we what are we trying to do? We're trying to keep the church pure, aren't we? The other thing is what? Trying to get that person to understand and to become that what they're teaching or what they're living is wrong and it damages the church and to to ask to, to change their way of thinking and come back. So there's two purposes. We've got to keep the church pure. That's critical to God. But he also is still wanting that person to come back. So there's a dual purpose, uh, at least two purposes. The uh, 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 the Let's see. Uh, the other thing, we should never find fault with a member of the church, uh, our brethren, uh, who is, goes out and tries to do what is scripturally uh, required in trying to get, get some, talk to somebody and follow that procedure. Uh, it, it takes, we should be thankful for people who do that, to keep the church pure and try to get that person back. And it takes a lot of courage to do that sometimes. Uh, so, what attitude in this process do you think is most important when it becomes necessary to rebuke somebody? Because they're teaching false doctrine or, and things like that. Love. We should still maintain an attitude of love for that person. Remember our objective. Uh, keep the church pure and get that person to come back. And, and uh, uh, love is the most effective tool that we have to, to uh, be able to attain that. Uh, in verse 14, we are to comfort the faint-hearted. The faint-hearted are those who lose heart. Easily discouraged, uh, inclined to dropping out of things, uh, to be quitters. Uh, you know, some lose heart because of persecution. Uh, that's not so much in, in our country yet. Uh, or just by the day-to-day -day trials and uh, struggles in life. Just, you know, paying bills, family problems, illnesses. Uh, and we don't get immediate results. And so we get discouraged. Now, what are we to do with those brothers and sisters that are in that category? We're to encourage uh, uh, and support them. You know, it, it's, part of that is being patient with them. Uh, uh, be a friend. Uh, do what you can to help them. Uh, find out what they need uh, and, and what you can do for them. Uh, you know, we, we don't want people to come entirely dependent upon us. Uh, but we all at times need a little help to get back on our feet. And so you know, another thing that one can do that when we run across someone like that is, is help them find services and programs that, uh, that are available in the community. So there's a lot of things uh, that can be done to encourage and support people. And, uh, uh, you know, there are some of our brothers and sisters that, fall into that unruly category, and they need to be warned. And then there's others, the faint-hearted, who just need a more tender approach and, uh, and to be encouraged. Uh, 
Now, we're also in that, we talked, you know, the, Paul talks about the faint-hearted, and then he comes back, we're supposed to also support the weak. And that's fairly closely related to the faint-hearted. Uh, but it, it's most likely in this category referring to someone that is weak in the faith. And, and so uh, the one way we can help uh, support that type of person is to, is, I guess I call it, to stick with them. Uh, the law of the jungle says that the weak shall perish and only the fittest survive. The law of Christ in this context is that the strong shall watch, shall support the weak. And, and we, we read in Romans the 15th chapter, verses 1, it says, We then, who are strong, ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. You know, every church has people that have needs. Uh, they may be weak in knowledge, uh, spiritual knowledge. Uh, they may be weak in trust, uh, courage, strength. Uh, and we probably all have been in some of those categories at some point in time in our lives. Uh, life can be very difficult and can be very lonesome at times. Uh, it has a lot of ups and downs for most of us, if not all of us. Uh, and, and sometimes many, they just need time for their faith to grow. You know, we can spend time with them inside and outside the church building. Uh, we can do things, and a lot of the, we have a lot of sweet women. There's some sweet guys too, but a lot of sweet women uh, sending out the cards. The letters of encouragement mean so much to somebody. You never know when someone gets something like that. It may be just what they needed to get through another day. And, and it really, really uh, uh, brings, kind of buoys people up. Uh, and, and then, you know, a call sometimes to some who you think may be having uh, uh, a time that needs someone to, to support them. Uh, and, and then, you know, take time to know people uh, in the church. There is a lot of talented and interesting people in this congregation. There really is. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, the more I've learned things from some of the members here, I'm thinking, you really did that? I had no idea you were involved with that kind of stuff. So we do have a lot of interesting people. Get to know the people better. Uh, you know, we shouldn't argue over uh, things uh, which the weaker, where they have doubts about things. We shouldn't argue about those things. I'm not saying ignore it, but we shouldn't get into arguments with them. Uh, they may just need time to grow and, and, and to become strong. Uh, our help, or our, our goal is to help them get, uh, get there where they become more mature. It's a win-win type situation. Uh, we have gained maybe a Christian friend, and we both become stronger, and we each help each other get to heaven. Uh, and, and so we need to be sure that we have the right attitude when we warn and comfort others. Uh, and and our Jesus, in many places in the Bible, as well as uh, Paul, provide us in many places with a good examples of how to warn and also comfort people. Uh, Remember this, we're Christians, uh, 
but even all, all Christians have faults. And that means you and me. Uh, we need to work on ourselves too. Uh, so so uh, uh, we're, we can always improve a little more ourselves. Uh, now in verses 14 and 15, uh, we're told to be patient with all. And, and that's Christians and non-Christians. Uh, now who finds it easy to be patient? <laughs> uh, it takes effort for most of us, doesn't it? Some people do have that patient temperament, uh, I, but that's not the majority, of, I don't think. Uh, we can find, some of us can find it very difficult to overlook uh, the little things that bug us. Uh, and uh, uh, I tell you, uh, the um, uh, being patient is we've had probably some of well I'll just say me uh, I'm finding it uh, that the World Series has just about done me in uh, <laughs> I, Edie is saying what are you doing up here wow and then, I can't believe they did that you know so uh, so my patience has been challenged here lately uh, but she's it's a good thing that we have wives that bring us back to being more patient. Uh, uh, but, uh, uh, you know, Jesus uh, and our Heavenly Father are models of patience. Uh, despite the things that we do to disappoint them, uh, they have provided a way that we can return back to them. Uh, so we, we, we are not only to be patient with the weak, but patient with those we teach uh, uh, and patient with those that sometimes we may have to rebuke and reprimand and, and each, sometimes even with those who oppose us. Second uh, Timothy, the fourth chapter, or fourth chapter in verse 2 says, Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. Uh, so, you know, To, to, to be most effective in promoting positive change in people uh, it requires knowing, learning to, uh, uh, or knowing what their needs are, particular needs are. Uh, and that can retire, require time and, again, patience and love. Uh, some of us are pretty good at that, uh, and some of us need to continue to get better on that. Uh, we may never know in this life... Uh, if our patience in interacting with others may lead to one of them becoming a Christian or remaining faithful to the Lord. There was, and I, I tried to find it. Uh, I remembered parts of the story, but I couldn't find the entire story. But several years ago, I remember reading about uh, some of the horrors in the uh, Soviet Union during the uh, communist years uh, that, again, several years ago, many times, decades ago. Uh, and it had to do with a Christian who was being terribly, uh, horribly interrogated. And the, the end of that story was that the Soviet person who had done the torturing, that man who he ended up killing through torture, his Christian beliefs and the way he handled that led to that person that Soviet person who had tortured him to death 
to eventually become a Christian and to become a very effective Christian. And I don't have all the facts on that, but that as I was studying this, it just one of those things that I remember reading that story and uh, and thought it was appropriate to bring that up. So so uh, uh, we never know what we can do even to an enemy to influence them to come to know the Lord. Now, uh, we, uh, you know, we're not to render evil to anyone, uh, but always pursue what is good for ourselves and for all. Righteousness, faith, love, patience, and gentleness. Revenge is not acceptable for a Christian. Jesus, or God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Romans 12, chapter, verse 19. The, the Christian life consists of doing good and suffering evil. There's, there's at least, you could probably come up with a few more, but there's at least four ways uh, that people can react. One is, we'll call it the cruel way. That's, I return evil for evil. You do this to me, I'm going to hit you right back. So we can call that return uh, evil for evil. That's the common way. The cruel way is someone does something good and you return evil for that good. Then you have the civil way. Uh, you return good because someone did good for you. Uh, and then you have the Christian way. The Christian way is you return good for someone who has done evil to you. And so that teaching is contrary to the teachings of the world, isn't it? Uh, the world doesn't believe that. Uh, and, but it's commanded many times in the Bible. So, um, and that, that's another hard one for us to, to get our hands around. Now, verses 16 through 18 provide duties. Yes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We uh, uh, and we're, we're to provide duties uh, in in verses sixteen through eighteen. Uh, it, it provides duties that are not. Uh, toward others, but they, it, it's addressing our own spiritual well-being. We are to, among other things, rejoice always, to pray without ceasing, and to give thanks in everything. You know that's what God wants us to do for ourselves. Uh, it's a you know much better attitude than mourning, uh, grieving, uh, being unthankful, 
and, and to have no desire to communicate with or give thanks to the Creator. Uh, you know, the, these, the information in these uh, 16 through 18, they strengthen us spiritually as well as emotionally for what? So that we can better serve God uh, and others. Uh, you know, Christians can be full of joy just by qu quietly going about doing our Christian work and service even when things are bad in the world. Uh, Christianity is not a, a life of gloom and sombersome and sour, but Christianity, our lives should be full of joy even when the world is bad and bad things happen to us. Uh, a Christian life is such a good life. Uh, in, in joy, there is great strength. Uh, in, we, have, we find in, in uh, Romans 15 13, we are to abound in hope. Uh, it's, it, it's, it's very important that we remain strong ourselves and a source of strength to others. Um, and, and we can read about that in Proverbs 15, chapter verse 13. Uh, and, and in 15. So, so how can we find joy and hope? Uh, it says it is in our Lord in Philippians the fourth, uh, four four. Rejoice in the Lord always. Uh, again, I say rejoice. Uh, it, it's in our Lord that we can find ways to rejoice. Uh, His salvation is a source of much joy, uh, as is His mercy, and and. And we, uh, uh, have the hope of the fullness of our joy when we are in His presence. And, and, and we read about that in John the 14th chapter, verses 21, 23. His salvation, talking about Jesus, and His mercy, we have fullness of His joy and when we are in His presence. Think what it's going to be look like when we walk with Jesus in heaven. Think of that. Uh, now, guidelines for rejoicing in the Lord always. How do we, can we do that? Well, one is read and feed upon the Word of God daily. Uh, Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Spend time with our Heavenly Father. Uh, you know, in prayer, we shouldn't only uh, uh, feel thankful uh, for His benefits, uh, but we should always express thanks for what He does for us. Uh, you know, meditate upon the teachings of Christ and His apostles. John fifteen eleven. Spend time with the brethren uh, who make us happy. And Philemon's love and joy refreshed others uh, and gave Paul joy. We read about that in Second Corinthians seven thirteen. Uh, we lead others to Christ. Uh, and they will be a great source of joy for us. Uh, John's converts, were told, made him joyful. And we sing praises of joy to God. That song, Sing and Be Happy. You know, another uh, guideline for rejoicing in the Lord always is to pray without ceasing. We find mercy and grace in time of need, Hebrews 4 chapter. We find forgiveness of sins as we confess them, First John. Uh, one and nine, and we find the peace of God that means so much to us when we're anxious. 
ways to pray without ceasing. Uh, you know, there's so much power in, in, in prayer, and I'm rushing through these things, but uh, set times, when it comes to, to praying, set times and get in that habit of praying. Uh, you know, David, a man after God's own heart, made it a habit. To, he had set times uh, to pray throughout the day. Uh, find some time uh, each day to be alone with God in prayer. Early morning may be best for some, uh, while others may find it easier to, to, to be alone at night and pray. Uh, but make a special time uh, to be alone with our Heavenly Father. And that, that should be more than just once a day, hopefully. Uh, you know, there's sometimes special needs come up that need special prayer, i.e. Keith Robinson, for example. And so uh, uh, there's a lot of ways to pray without ceasing. Now, special... Uh, 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 we don't want to just limit our, our, our prayer to just set times. Uh, special needs, again, may call for special praying. Now, the other thing is give thanks in everything. Uh, ingratitude displeases God. Uh, it says, we, we learn in Romans, the first chapter, verses 18 through 21, the wrath of God will be revealed against those who are, are unthankful. So Christians should be known for their heart of gratitude, uh, thankful for what the Father has done for us, abound in thanksgiving. Thankfulness added to our prayers uh, is the key to overcoming anxiety. We read about that in Philippians the fourth uh, chapter, verse six, and and then we obtain that peace of God, which what surpasses our understanding. We read about that in Philippians the fourth chapter, verses six. Uh, and seven. So, ways to give thanks in everything. You know, all things can work together for good. Romans eight twenty eight. Uh, we can uh, rejoice even in persecution, uh, in trials. James uh, first chapter verses two and three. And and then include prayer or thankfulness when we pray. Uh, Philippians 4, 6, as we pray without ceasing, so will we be thankful without ceasing. So, uh, we'll end up this way. The more thankful we are, the more prayerful, prayerful we will be. The more prayerful, prayerful we are, the more joyful we will be. Thus, the key to much joy in Christ begins with an attitude of gratitude. And that's our lesson. Are there any questions? I think we're just about out of time. Appreciate your attention. And